Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. My co-host, Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube, SiriusXM, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Because we got a great episode coming up today. we got to first talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, they remain the number one source, source, source for all your sports betting this season, any season, every single season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now and join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your reward. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back into the pod. Believe in Bears, we took a little time off. We're coming back refreshed, recharged, because now the offseason has officially begun, and the Chicago Bears are front and center of that offseason. We are the turning point. We are the fulcrum. So let's bring in my co-host to talk up a little bit about some free agency, some combine, and all the good news coming around the NFL. It is Fox 32's very own, CHGO's very own, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, my man? It's been a minute. I uh, hope you're doing well. It's good to be back talking about football, right? Uh, yeah. Even though we just ended the season. But it's always good to talk about football, man. Football all year round, it, it's good. Chicago Bears have the number one pick. Uh, a lot of moves, a lot of cap space, so... Looking forward to to how this offseason uh, progresses. Taking a secret, taking a break from your secret project in New Jersey, Corey. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. A maybe golf break, simulator. Maybe break some news. I'm believing Bears at some point to start hyping the people up, getting everybody ready on the East Coast. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Uh, so, so me and, and two of my friends from New Jersey were opening a uh, golf simulator uh, club. Uh, we're going to call it West End Golf Club. It's going to be in my hometown in Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, we're going to have four bays there. We're going to have a member area. It's going to have like, you know, a, a trendy golf boutique meets clubhouse feel to it. So it's going to be really dope. Um, really love the simulator golf. You, you know, I've talked about it for a while. Me and my buddies were like, let's go in on it. And we're about a month from opening. So probably around April 1st. So looking forward to things and uh yeah, who knows, Joey? When, when you when you come to the East Coast, uh, maybe come in there, drop a couple bombs at West End. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait to hit a couple of sidewinders. I don't know, maybe a couple, maybe a couple of fades here. Um, yeah, man, so excited. Um, it's fantastic, right? I mean, even if you don't love the game of golf, you want to get into the game of golf during these winter months, right? This is the perfect place to go hang out. You're saying to yourself after the New Year. I don't really want to go back to the gym, but I need some exercise. I really can't hang out in the bar all the time, but I want to go out and socialize. This is the best of both worlds, right, Corey? It's going to be a great endeavor, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about it. And the thing is, people think that you can only use the simulators during the cold months, but people don't realize the thing is the convenience, right? In New Jersey, you have to worry about traffic, and the closest ranges to us are about 20 minutes away, so... You know, I think that the biggest thing is, you know, you can have that practice time in the comfort of your town or a convenient drive there. So, um, yeah, I think I think New Jersey and, and where it is, is is such a unique thing from by me. Right. I have a couple ranges in St. Louis really close to me. I don't have to worry about traffic. They call traffic here when it's moving. You know, you're going 40 miles an hour. That's not traffic. Right. We're from Chicago and New Jersey. And, and yeah. that's real traffic, you know. That's where you really got to worry about things. 
No, and it's great, too. In the summertime, if you can't get a tea time, you can just hop right on over there. And, uh, no, I'm really excited for you, man. You're spending your offseason right. You're building something special, just hopefully the same way that the Chicago Bears are hopefully building something special. That's what I'm uh, hoping, man. We're going to talk We're gonna talk some free agency, but, Corey, I wanted to get your take on something. You know, Adam Schefter, we're taping this on a Monday um, at about 1030 Pacific time. You know, Schefter tweeted uh, just a few hours ago this morning, and I'm going to read it verbatim, and I want to get your perspective. Uh, sources, the Bears already have been approached by multiple teams about trading the, dra the draft's number one overall pick, and Chicago is said to be leaning toward, in quotations, moving the pick. So the number one pick now looks like it's for sale. So, Corey, you know, I want to get your take on this. I don't think this is breaking news, but I think the way that he phrased it maybe perhaps puts that first nail in the coffin of the Justin Fields trade talk, even though it won't go away. Yeah. But, you know, when you hear something like that from a guy like Adam Schefter, who doesn't just tweet anything whenever he wants, he makes sure that everything's backed up by sources. You know, what is your take on uh, on that news from Shefty? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we all expected. We knew they were going to trade the, the pick back. Um, you know, there's been a lot of whisperings, whether it's the Texans, the Colts, um, you know, I think more realistically, the Colts, I think that could be a, a pretty good option because I think there's some options there that we can do and possibly get a player. You, I've, I've said this for a while. I think trading back with the Colts, getting a DeForest Buckner that solves the three technique issues. Then we could potentially look at a Will Anderson or Miles Murphy at that point and then get an additional second round pick and then a fifth round pick. So I'd be really cool with that. DeForest Buckner is only 28 years old. He's played in Matt Eberflus's scheme. I mean, he has the size, speed, strength. I mean, since he's been a full-time starter, he's averaged over, over seven and a half sacks a year. So I like those odds, especially in this scheme, being able to penetrate, big guy in there, and then be able to get additional picks, especially a second round and then a fourth or a fifth rounder. I, I feel good about that. Yeah, and when you look at this tweet from Shefty, you know, uh, you know, he's very crafty with the way that he phrases things. And obviously the quotation in leaning towards moving the pick and now looks like it does provide him that small percentage of an out, right? As the Bears could keep the number one pick or do something a little bit different. Yeah. But I think this really kind of starts to put to bed, um, you know, are they going to trade Justin Fields? Are they even going to pick at number one? I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that is a scenario. And I think the scenario that you're painting with the Colts probably is the most ideal from the three different areas that they're trying to they're trying to find right they're trying to find a blue chip player they're trying to find draft quantity and draft quality too as well all three of those things are trying to get that maybe the Colts have the best mix I want to ask you you know I've been thinking about this one you know if the Bears lived in the fantasy world of the luxury of being able to prioritize what they mm -hmm. want to get out of trading the number one pick yeah. You know, do you think right now, what do you think is on their big board? Is their big board, what are they prioritizing the most? We have to get a blue chip player this year. We have mm. to get the most picks that we can back for this number one pick. Or is it the third one? We have to get the most future draft capital, i.e. 2024, 2025. Yeah. You know, what do you think they're valuing the most when they're looking at maybe all these multiple teams calling them? So I think it's a combination. I think it's number one, they they have to get this pick right, especially if it's in the top top four picks, right? This is a blue chip player, the future of your franchise at whatever position. I think that's that's number one, right? And then additionally getting more picks, whether it's a surplus this year or possibly next year as well, maybe you get, even getting another first or a second next year. So I think it's getting the most amount of picks. But I think in the NFL, right, you want what's happening right now, right? You, you worry about the future as well, 
but you want as many picks as you can get right now, right? And I think in this draft, it's crucial because the Bears are a couple positions away from being competitors. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl by any means, but think about it. If you sure up the offensive line, like a left tackle, um, you know, another guard in there, you have a bunch of rushers up front, and then you have a number one receiver, the Bears get a whole lot better. And, you know, they're closing that gap. So, like I said, I'm I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think you have to do um, w- what you can with the picks and the money as quickly as you can in this league, right? Because, listen, a lot of people have been critical about Ryan Poles and his philosophy. You know, we have to trust the process. But I think this offseason is going to be a good indicator uh, of, of how the future of the Bears is going to pan out. Yeah, one more on the draft before we move over to free agency, which free agency is coming up in just a couple of weeks. we got the combine coming next week. This is all happening in the NFL offseason really fast, and we're so excited. Uh, the last one on the draft is um, I want to throw another one out to you. You know, let's just keep going with the pie in the mm-hmm. sky, right? And I think there is probably one team out there that's past the Colts at four that actually has a legitimate reason on their end and incentive to trade up for the number one pick and also mm-hmm. maybe a package that might interest the Bears. And I think it's the Carolina Panthers at nine. And I know, Corey, you said in the past, you've been very, very, very firm about not moving past four. But in a lot of these mock drafts, you see people from Daniel Jeremiah, other people that want to trade up. The Carolina Panthers, to trade up from nine to one, that's going to cost you multiple first-round picks and a multiple, you know, probably a second or third rounder this year too as well. Yeah. Would a a package of the number nine pick, their second rounder, Mm -hmm. A 2024 first rounder and Brian Burns. What does that do anything for you? Yes, that yes, that does. Because in my in my eyes, right, I'm looking at not moving back from four because of the fact that we're probably going to need a pass rushing defensive end. And Will Anderson was in my mind. And even at uh three, he might get scooped up by Arizona at that point. So I think that would make things a lot easier. I think Brian Burns is is one of the more talented pass rushers in the league and what he can do, especially in this Tampa 2 scheme. So I would like that, right? Because I think I think that is going to be the pick, uh, the Bears uh, pick at whatever it is, whether it's two, whether it's four um, or, or nine. They're going to try to get a pass rusher. I believe that. Um, so I would like that, especially if we get a guy like Brian Burns, an additional first round pick the the next year, and then some other picks this year. I think that would be a good situation, and I would definitely be down down for something like that. Yeah, because I, I think from from nine to one, that's going to cost you multiple firsts, and I think that's where yeah. it starts. You turn one of those firsts into a guy like Brian Burns. Now you'd probably have to pay Brian Burns immediately, right? So that's going to eat up some of your cap, but the the caliber of player makes it worth it. And then at nine. Oh, yeah. You're sitting there, and maybe all of a sudden now, you know, your boy Skaronsky there is maybe there at nine. Uh, you you never yeah. know. Maybe a Murphy is still around, something along those lines, yeah. and you can still continue to build from then out. But the first thing that happens, though, is this NFL free agency coming up, Corey. And I think some of the decisions that the Bears make, or let's just yeah. say maybe also don't make, are going to be some smoke sig- signals in terms of what they do in the NFL draft. Now, Corey, let's just set it up. As everyone knows, the Bears have – the most cap space in the NFL, you know, stratospheres ahead of anybody. There's nobody out there that can probably outbid the Chicago Bears if they have the want and the desire to get a particular player. Um, so with $90 million in cap space, Corey, you know, if you're the GM, you're in the GM seat, are you, how are you approaching this? You know, what, what is probably your mindset? You know, how many top tier quality players do you think you want to target? 
How many middle tier mm -hmm. players do you yeah. want to target? And how much space do you maybe want to keep on yeah. your books? How much powder do you want to keep dry heading into next year too as well? Yeah, so I, I think for me, the, the chief primary uh, goal this offseason, right, is, is if you can get a left tackle, right? Orlando Brown Jr. from the Chiefs, right? Bears have a lot of money, right? He just won a ring. So that goes out the window a lot of times because guys are, are ring chasing. He already has a ring. Right. So now he's going to try to get as much money as possible. So Bears, throw him out of offer. You slide Braxton Jones to the right side. Then you have two really good young tackles for the next next few years playing together. Right. And then you can make a decision on Braxton Jones. So I think Orlando Jones, you, you get Orlando Brown, you have to target him this offseason, right? If if you can. Right. And then there's two guys at the D tackle position, right? Payne from from the commanders and J Javon Hargrave, right? Those are yeah. two guys I'm targeting, right? If I can get one of them, great. And then I'm looking at Marcus Davenport, right? If I can get him to play the left side, the only thing is I don't want to overpay for him, you know? And I think this is a weak edge rusher uh, class uh, as far as free agency. So I think he's going to command a lot of money. Somebody's going to pay it. I don't want to overpay for him, right? But I think if you could target that left tackle, you get your three technique, and then you have a left end. I feel pretty good about that going into the draft, right? They need to have some options. You can get that dominant uh, edge rusher, right? Talk about maybe even trading for Brian Burns or Will Anderson or Miles Murphy, being able to get them, you know, at the at the four, depending on what the Cardinals do. So that's up in the air. So I think those are the primary things that I need to address if, if I'm Ryan Poles and, and this Bear staff. As the roster stands right now, Corey, pre-draft, you're looking at this roster right now. Ideally, they're not going to get it all done in one offseason, but ideally, yeah. you know, how many more guys do they need on this defensive line before you can start saying to yourself, not only do they have the talent, but also they have yeah. the depth to become a top 10 unit again? Yeah. So I think it's it's they need they need a good run-stuffing left end that'll give you anywhere from five to seven sacks, somewhere in that range. You need a dominant uh, right end that can give you, you know, anywhere from – you know, double digit sacks, uh, somewhere around that range, and you need a dominant three technique. You know, once you have that, you could you could fill some of the positions, have some reserve guys that are pass rush specialists. You know, maybe uh, get a uh, Yannick. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ngaku or Ngaku? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't Ngaku. want to butcher his name at all, <laughs> but he's a guy that that have put up numbers. He's been on a bunch of teams, so I think there's maybe some concerns there. So you could probably get him at at a pretty good deal to be a reserve pass rusher and kind of build like Philly has, right? Having waves of pass rushers and defensive linemen, because that's how you win in this league, right? Uh, Marinelli always used to say, rushes as, as long as you can, hard as you can, right? So get in there, do your thing, come out, come out, get your rest and get on. So I think if they can do that, if they can get, you know, three dominant defensive linemen and have some reserves that are quality, um, I, I think that make a world of difference because look at how many games we were close into, but the quarterback had nine years to throw, right? And we couldn't stop the run. I think adding three dominant defensive linemen would change things a lot. And then I, I can't forget about it too, because I had this on my list, a number one receiver. And I, to me, I think it's going to be hard to address in the draft because of the, the needs and, and what we're looking for with that early pick. So I think if we could get a DeAndre Hopkins or a Mike Evans via trade, because um, they have about, you know, a good three to four years left in the tank. And Justin Fields' window, you know, you want to try to get him, 
you know, the most talent you can yeah. uh, as quickly as possible because that changes things, right? With the number one receiver, you get a left tackle, and then you have three dominant defensive linemen. Joey, the Bears look a lot better. Think about how many games they were in last year down to the wire against Miami that was a really good team. Philly that went to the Super Bowl and almost won it. So that changes things a lot. Yeah, I've been thinking of, you know, ruminating over this offseason because we're spending a lot of time thinking about what Justin Fields can't do or his limitations, and you start kind of – drilling into a lot of these games and we all knew that the taint that the team was talent bereft last year but when you start looking at it man Corey, you know when you played the game the way that you did you know you know that the bears were in a lot of these games as you just mentioned and man if you could just have a defensive stop here and there create one moment where you get the, a team in a third and long situation where maybe your young secondary could have made a play how many times did the bears defense actually help out their team in the second half by getting them the ball back after yeah. the offense starts clicking i can probably name on you know one of my hand you know what i mean like yeah. there's probably only a, a few select moments of that and that's really what it takes and it doesn't go into the stat sheet necessarily but you yeah. know flipping the ball and getting it back into justin fields's hands you know, I think that that's going to do wonders for this team moving forward. The other thing, too, I was thinking about is that, you know, with Justin Fields, whether the Bears like it or not, we didn't have an explosive offense, right? But if you look it up against the NFL, we were middle of the pack in terms of 20-plus yard plays, 40-plus yard plays, and most of them had to do with Justin Fields. You need the offense on the field more to be able to produce those types of huge plays and maybe that's kind of all where it starts in this team aspect. So, Corey, what you're saying is you need at least three guys, right? So let's just pretend that maybe one of those guys is going to come from the draft. So from free agency side, you're looking at them probably targeting at least two probably elite players, right? I mean, with contracts, with mm -hmm. guaranteed money, that's probably going to stretch over $20 million, correct? Yeah, yeah, yep. So one one three technique, one one edge rusher, and then uh, one one left tackle. And then work out some kind of trade for, like I said, that number one receiver, whether it's, uh, you know, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, because I think you need to get that, right? And in my opinion, I just don't think in the draft, like Quinton Johnston, there, there's something about him that reminds me of Kevin White, to be honest. Damn with it. You. I, I, honestly, keep keep going. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I was talking, yeah. had a conversation with my buddy the other day. And I like Quentin Johnson. I, I love though he he's really smooth. I love the way that he catches the ball yeah. and his his feet. Once he gets the ball in his hands, you know, in that little space, he can break yeah. tackles. But keep going, man. I, I I'm yeah, worried he reminds about me that of Kevin too. White. A, a lot of times, like I, I've I've looked at him, and for a guy that's six four, almost two twenty, he doesn't really high point the ball, right? And and you look at a guy that's similar in size, Mike Mike Evans, right? He high points every ball, right? He goes up and gets it. Um, his his hands at times. Are, are a little shaky um his speed doesn't look like it's there right like everyone's saying how fast he is but the speed on tape sometimes you look at it and you're like mm, i don't know i don't know so there's something that just reminds me a little bit of kevin white right kevin white kind of had a similar similar build to him you know yeah. uh it, it, it and and i think everyone you know the kevin white error it just sometimes it doesn't work out right but there's something that reminds me of kevin white uh in, in quentin johnston so I, yeah. I, I would pass on him for that. I'd rather have a, a Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins, a proven uh, commodity in this league, a guy that can make plays. And, you know, with the quarterback situation, with having Kyler and then Tom Brady retiring, you know, both of them probably might want to be out. Yeah, Chris Godwin's probably going to be on the market, too, as well. And, and also, Corey, I want to get your take on three guys that also probably are being rumored to probably be cut from their teams right now. Mm -hmm. um not maybe not as big a names as the guys you just mentioned but are, mm -hmm. do you have any interest in 
Uh, Robbie Anderson, who's supposedly going to get cut by the Cardinals. Adam Thielen, who's supposedly going to get cut by the Vikings. Or Michael Thomas, who's supposedly going to get cut by the Saints. Michael Thomas is the only one that intrigues me, right? Adam Thielen, I I think uh, he's getting up there in age, and he just hasn't had the same production. So I'm going to pass on that. Robbie Anderson, I think he's talented, but I think he's a locker room cancer. And especially with what Eberflus is trying to build there, I think that's a pass. So I do I do like the Michael Thomas because he's still a younger guy. Um, he's had some injuries, but why not take a shot on him, you know, at, at this point and see what he can do? I'm not saying that you have to like plan to him for him to be your number one receiver, but that can be an option there. Um, so I, I would take a chance on him, especially with with his past and being as productive as he was when he's healthy. Sometimes someone just needs that one opportunity to get healthy. And, you know, he's been off for some time. So I think I think his legs are probably pretty fresh. Yeah, it's funny. I think the Chicago Bears are a perfect place for him to rehab his market, right? And he probably would exactly. do a short term with us because he'd want to re-enter the market and try and get more guaranteed dollars. Um, I, I'm curious, though. The, I think Michael Thomas has all the talent in the world, but you're kind of tipping on why I think Chicago Bears fans might be a little disappointed with what the Bears do at free uh, in free agency in terms of wide receiver or walking into the draft at wide receiver. It might not. It might be another year of a collection of complimentary pieces um, if we can't spin that trade. My problem with Michael Thomas, Corey, is that the thing, and I'm looking at this free agency class, I don't want anyone on the Bears who has in front of their sentence when you talk about him, if he can, or if the Bears can. With Michael Thomas, it's if he can stay healthy, or if he will be down to practice in Eberflus' system. Jacoby Myers, if he can get more targets. You know what I mean? The DeAndre Hopkins and the Mike Evans, there's no if he can. It's what he no. brings, what he can do, what he will bring, right? And I want to focus yeah. on trying to find those guys. Um, do you do you understand what I'm saying with Michael Thomas just being oh, a little yeah. worried about the if he can yeah. players at the wide yeah. receiver position? Claypool's exactly. in if he can. I, I, I was talking about bringing him for some depth, especially, right? Sure, and, sure. and And kind of like a Nikhil Harry situation. Obviously, he'd be a little more money than that. But I think if it panned out, then all of a sudden you have a guy that's still relatively young that now he's healthy, you have an option with him. You have Chase Claypool, you have Darnell Mooney. And then even if you got, a, uh, you know, one of those Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins, that wide receiver room looks a lot better, right? You have you have guys that can come in in waves, and then you have multiple, you know, uh, empty sets that you can run with those type of wide receivers. So it gives you options. But I'm just hoping that they address that because I'm looking at at what Philly did, right, from last year to this year, right? They went out and got A.J. Brown, and that made a world of difference, right? It took a little bit of pressure off Devontae Smith, allowed them to work together. And A.J. Brown, I mean, every 50-50 ball seemed like he went up and got, right? And that's what Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins can do. And I think they're eager to prove that, like, hey, without Brady, without this, I could do it. And Mike Evans has been doing it with whatever quarterback was in there. So there's no doubt in my mind that he can do it. Same with DeAndre Hopkins, right? He's a guy that can play in and out. He's a gamer. So I think that that – Ryan Poles has to get Justin Fields the number one receiver, right? I think that, in my opinion, might be one of the most important things besides the defensive line, right? Because they're going to address a tackle position, whether it's the draft or or whether it's free agency. But the thing is, judging on where we're going to pick and the options as straight free agency besides a trade doesn't look pretty good for the wide receiver class. So I think he has to do something, you know, and, and get Justin Fields that number one because it's going to make a world of difference. And everyone's saying, oh, Justin Fields, just a runner. He's never ran until the league. You look at college, you look at high school, he's been a pocket passer. He had to run. 
So if you can get him that number one receiver, beef up the offensive line, Justin Fields will be better than Jalen Hurts. And that's not taking anything away from him. It's just the facts. Justin Fields has a better arm. He's a better pa passer. He can run better, right? But once you get him that receiver, he's going to be more of a pocket passer. That's what you have to do, especially with a, with an offensive line that can protect. Then he really is what everyone saw. So not not what we saw the past couple of years. He is what we saw in, in college, a, a true pocket passer. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's kind of a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't argument with, you know, Justin Fields is just a runner. Well, first of all, you know, I'm sorry the guy can run the ball 65 yards into the end zone, right? You yeah. know what I mean? And make these amazing plays. Uh, I'm also sorry that he realized halfway through the year that he can pick up six yards with his legs whenever he wanted. Um, and, and to have that ability, to have that weapon, that dynamic in your offense, it just opens everything up for that for what you want to do from the receiver position, from the running back position. Um, I want to get your take on one guy from the draft. I've been trying to go through a bunch of different guys right now, obviously. You know, when you get to the third, fourth, fifth round type projected players, you start kind of asking yourself a little bit. It's a little bit of a toss up, right? But I'm looking at the guys still on the top end right now. Um, a little bit on the smaller side. Love the way he plays. He's super tough. He's super fast. Uh, what's your take on Zay Flowers? Oh, yeah. I, I was going to bring that up, too. He, he so in my opinion. If he's there he at 35, the, right? Yeah, he's he's the best receiver in, in the game. And, and people uh, always talk about someone being small or this, that, and the other. So Antonio Brown, I believe, was 5'10", right? He's 5'10". Yeah, in yeah. some change, maybe. Okay, yeah. right? Number one receiver, great. He reminds me a lot of him, to be honest with you. The the, the route running, the change of direction. Um, I mean, go, going up and getting – remember I talked about high-pointing the ball. For a smaller guy, he has all that. And I don't know. He's been buzzing lately because of his transformation during the combine process. Put on a lot of muscle. And it'd be interesting to see what he runs putting on all that muscle, right? That's the only thing. If he can keep that quickness and, and that speed, you know, putting on that size. But he's somebody, to me, I think is the number one receiver in this draft. That that I would possibly, if you can address all the other stuff, and depending on how far we trade it back, you know, we have the number nine pick. We trade back with Carolina. You know, we address the offensive line, oh, defensive line. Yeah, That could be a pick there, you know, because I, I think he's going to blow up the combine. And his tape matches what he's been able to do. So you're saying he he's going to be eventually a top 15, top 20 guy, you think, by the end of the combine, by the time we get to the oh, draft? Yeah, yeah, I, th yeah. Th I think so for sure. Yeah, I think he's, he's one of those guys that just is a playmaker. But I think his size is what is turning some people off, right? I think when you look at him and, and Quentin Johnson, everybody wants a 6'4 receiver, right? But the thing is, I think Zay, Zay Flowers plays a lot better or a lot bigger than he is. And, and that's all it's about, right? Size, size, people get so enamored with that sometimes, but it's all about what you can do on the field. And he makes plays. You turn on the tape. He goes up and high points the ball. He makes his quarterback right. And because not every quarterback is going to make a perfect throw, right? It's all about the 50-50 ball. And that's what the Bears have been missing, right? Chase Claypool, you know, I don't know if it was him being new into the system or just not being a number one. He wasn't going up and getting those 50-50 balls, right? And that's what a lot of people thought he could be. Maybe he can be that. But right now, I'm not I'm not banking on that. I'm banking on getting a number one receiver that can do that. Whether that's in in free agency, um, you know, tr trading, we got to do that because free agency the, the options are limited. But yeah, Zay Flowers, I'm telling you, Joey, he's going to blow up this combine and he's going to be a guy that eventually I think surpasses Quinton Johnson. I I I love him. Um I mean, that's not great news for Bears fans because he might be out of our, our, our actual target zone. 
Um, but no, I, I love to hear that. And yeah, you know, the combine, it sometimes makes stars of people like John Ross, you know what I mean? A couple of years ago. Um, but also at the same time, you know, the height and size thing can be a problem. Like Sky Moore came out of last year as one of the, the better uh, route technicians, if you will. And yep. he still kind of slid in the draft a little bit and fell backwards. So we're going to have to wait and see. Um, another guy. Um, so and the reason why I'm asking about this is because, you know, if we are sticking with maybe the Colts, trading with yeah. the Colts at number four, it looks like, you know, no matter what happens in that, dra- in that trade, we would be getting the Colts 35th pick in the draft back. We'd be trading in yep. the early part of the second round. Um, and that's where maybe some of these wide receivers are going to be. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, do you think he would be there? Do you like his his value? I mean, I like his value because it seems like he's a guy that we don't know a lot about because of injury. But when we did know something about him the year previous, um, he looks to have just as much talent as anybody out there. Yeah, no, he's definitely intriguing. You know, I think people are, are going off a lot of times before guys were injured and whatnot. So I think there is some value there. Um it, there's just so many different ways you can go in the draft depending on what that, that's what makes it so fun you know is, know is the fact that you could play all these scenarios out but you know I everyone now is thinking it's going to be a defensive lineman whether it's Jalen Carter Will Anderson Miles Murphy but that could be completely different right you get you go out and get Orlando Brown you get Hargrave or, or Payne and then Marcus Davenport and then you know all of a sudden you trade back with Carolina and get Brian Burns that's your whole defensive line there you got your left tackle, you have your right tackle, Braxton Jones, and you're like, ooh, you know, we we have a possible receiver that we could pick here. Number one, we weren't able to get, you know, uh, that that number one by a trade in the offseason. All of a sudden, you're looking at wide receiver options. So there's so many different ways you can go. But I think you have to – the, the non-negotiable this year for me is offensively getting Justin Fields, right? Obviously, we have to get the defensive line. I think we can address those. But the left tackle, right? And and I believe a number one receiver are, are the two most important things to me. If, if I'm Ryan Poles, addressing that and having Justin Fields reach his full potential with those two pieces to the puzzle. Yeah, and Corey, that's why I just think in the next couple of weeks, I don't think we're going to get the answer to that number one receiver. I, I think that's going to come a little bit closer to the draft. So yep. when I'm looking at a free agency right now, you know, you talk a lot about left tackle, but I'm also kind of looking at some guys that are out there. You know, just throw some guys' names out there that I wrote down. You know, uh, Ben Powers on the Ravens, um, you know, yeah. offensive guard. Connor McGovern, who's the center for the Jets right now. Yeah. I think the Bears also need to try and target. You know, they're going to do a couple of top-end, high-shelf guys. So hopefully there's yeah. one on the defensive line and one on the offensive line. But I do think that they need to get some more professionals in the room, especially on yeah. that offensive line. Are you still sold on a guy like Lucas Patrick? Would you bring back a guy like Cody Whitehair, or would you maybe try and cut bait from Cody Whitehair kind of remake that room a little bit and kind of just continue to bring more professionals in there to maybe also open up maybe our options in the draft too, as well with trade options and going more with the wide receiver. So, so I would bring Lucas Patrick back because he understands this offense, right? He was Luke Getze for the Packers. He didn't, everyone is going off what he did at guard. He's not a guard. He's never been a guard. He had to play guard because his hand was hurt. They wanted to get him some reps he was out of position. Right? <laughs> and it was really bad. And it was really exactly. bad for Barry. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so. yeah he's, he's a true center, right? The, the centers nowadays are, aren't the guys that are going to go toe-to-toe with the zero technique, Ted Washington type. doesn't happen anymore, right? <laughs> the, the center is the quarterback of the offense, right? They're worrying about protection slides helping. Lucas Patrick can do that, right? Then you draft a center in the later rounds, right? A value pick. Lucas Patrick at center. You got Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. If you can get your left tackle, you move Braxton Jones to the right side, right? If you can't get the uh, 
You can't get a left tackle. You feel good about Braxton Jones. You put him at left tackle. You get your right tackle. It's a lot cheaper. But I would like to have a true left tackle move Braxton Jones over. And you got two young guys. You bring in another guy at left guard, right? I, I think you have to cut Cody White here, right? Um, he was injured last year. He didn't really play up to par. So I think you got to bring a new guy in there, a veteran guy that you can get middle of the pack that's reliable, that's a starter, that's tough. Um, and then all of a sudden, that offensive line gets a lot better with two pieces, right? One expensive one and, and one middle of the pack guy. And then my final one on the defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, let's move it off the defensive line a little bit. You know, are you looking at, you know, maybe trying to find a veteran presence to kind of pair in the linebacker core? Yeah. Are you trying to find another maybe outside corner so you can play Kyler Gordon more in the slot? You know, kind of what are you looking at right now? Because there are some guys. Bobby Wagner got cut yesterday. I don't know if he's a little too long in the tooth for you. Levante David's going to be out there. Is he going to want to play for a contender? Guys like that. Yeah. Um, you know, are you trying to maybe add to that room too as well, the linebacker in the secondary? Oh, I would love to, you know, especially bringing in a guy like like Wagner or David, you know, veteran guys that have played a high level, are still playing at a high level for a guy like Jack Sanborn, because I, I think I think he's the future at, at Mike, you know, and I think if you could pair him with a veteran guy, just not only that, just to teach him the, the tricks of the trade. It's always good to have a veteran guy. When I was in there, Julius Peppers was in there, uh, Tommy Harris. It's always good to learn from guys like yeah. that. Can I ask you a quick question? You know, we, we like to give Danny Trevathan a really hard time. Yeah. But in your opinion, do you think Danny Trevathan really helped make Roquan Smith a $100 million type player? Yeah. I mean, Roquan already had the talent, but he was yeah. paired with a veteran for those those crucial years, right? 100%. You know, uh, people can say whatever they want about De Danny Trevathan, but he was a leader out there. He was smart. He understood the defense. And there's no doubt in my mind that he helped out Roquan Smith. And I think they paired very well together. And... I think sometimes like having that savvy vet, like that's why uh, Josh McCown was in the league for so long, right? He's one of those guys that come in and play when you need him to, but people had him as a backup for, for that, for, for getting that quarterback ready, right? He, he was a mentor to them, teaching them, uh, you know, about how to read defenses, what you see from here. Everybody needs that, that type of presence, whether it's quarterback, whether it's offensive line, you know, whether it's defense. That's why having Riley Reef in there was so critical. He's a guy that's yeah. played at a high level for a while and still was able to play at right tackle. So so him and Braxton Jones in there, I think anytime you have a veteran that has played at a high level and you could bring him in there, it, it's great for a mentor. And especially if he could play in there as well, um, I, I think it just shows like the way they approach practice, how they study film, you know, how they take care of their body. It's just so important because the, the biggest thing in this league nowadays is maintaining your body, maintaining your health, and then learning how to how to how to study film and learn to develop your craft. Yeah, and you're just going to have to make some decisions, right? If you're looking at, you know, the free agency landscape, you're looking at the NFL draft landscape. You know, what do you prioritize and where do you want to allocate your dollars, especially on a short-term basis, which a lot of these veteran guys take these short-term deals. And if you're saying to yourself, you know, you know, we could talk all day long about, you know, do the do the Bears need another, you know, tight end, you know what I mean, to, to yeah. pair with Cole Komet. But, you know, that's really deep in this draft this year. So I maybe yeah. wouldn't go and do that. You maybe look on the defensive side of the ball and try and figure yeah. that out. Um, you know, Corey, let's probably get you out of here on this one. Um, we've been teasing it, I think, this whole show. And I think it's a good time to kind of bring it up now because I think it's good for Bears fans to hear us on this yeah. show on Believe in Bears. Um, set some standards, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I think we need to set a particular bar for this Bears offseason and specifically yeah. general manager Ryan Poles. Where, Corey, you know, I think we entered into last year 
you know, and we, we did look at some pieces and we did have some hope and we did think that these guys could possibly, you know, meet some potential, maybe exceed a particular expectation. Yeah. And a lot of guys like Alqueen, you know, Muhammad, who's no longer on the team, yeah. failed to meet those expectations. And we're starting to look at it right now. And, you know, I, I've said this before that I think the whole Justin Fields conversation has a lot to do with Ryan Poles, right? Yeah. Ryan Poles created this situation of we don't really know with Justin Fields because he doesn't have X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D. Yeah. I can do the whole alphabet because they don't have a lot on offense. So, Corey, you know, how important is it for you just to see Ryan Poles this offseason, whether it is free agency, trade, the draft, make a concerted effort to clean up some of this thing, to uncomplicate, to untangle some of these wires of the Justin Fields conversation, yeah. to make it a little bit more clean cut, where we can walk in the next year and say, he's got this, he's got that, it's got this. All right, now yeah. let's see it. You know, how important yeah. is that to you with General Ryan Poles moving forward and how you're going to kind of view Justin Fields moving forward? It's, it's huge because last year he didn't address anything for Justin Fields, in my opinion. You know, I thought he got a great value pick in Braxton Jones, um, you know, moving Tevin Jenkins over to right guard. That was a great thing. Right. But as far as getting him a number one receiver, uh, get, getting him a stable line across the board, he didn't do that. So in my opinion, the, the non-negotiables for this offseason through the draft or whatever, you know, obviously defense, we have to address that. But if you don't get Justin Fields, a proper offensive line and a number one receiver, you're doing him a disservice this year. Right. And that's two years of you not looking after your franchise quarterback. So at that point, I got to question what Ryan Poles is doing. Right. Trust his plan. But if he doesn't address those two things, get the offensive line beefed up and secured. So that way, Justin Fields is not running for his life and getting that number one receiver like an A.J. Brown that can go up and get it. Look at the world of difference that did for Jalen Hurts. Right. So Ryan Poles, those are the two things that you have to do this year. Right. There's a, a whole lot of other issues you got to address, but those are the non-negotiable. And, and that makes me question if you if you don't address those things. Yeah. I mean, is it possible that I don't think that he would be out showing the door after next year? But is it possible that no. this offseason for Ryan Poles is probably going to make or break his tenure with the Chicago Bears? It, it, it defines his legacy as a Chicago Bear GM. I, I truly believe that, right? Because getting Justin Fields in order, that that's the biggest thing, right? And then obviously we'll be able to fill the other needs, the defensive line and all that. But those the offensive line and number one receiver, this defines Ryan Pohl's legacy and the path how Justin Fields is going to improve is based on what he does with those two two items right there. Yeah, and I think we're also going to learn a lot about how Ryan Poles is going to be attacking this offseason or what he thinks the near and future and future looks like for the Chicago Bears. I think with what he does with David Montgomery, honestly. Yeah. You know, if you bring David Montgomery back, I think that you're trying to commit to a core that you like that you want to build with the Chicago Bears. If David Montgomery leaves, and he signs a different free agent running back, I think that says something different. And I think if he does neither and tries to draft the yeah. guy, I think that says something too as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think that there's a lot uh, there's a lot to suss out. And I think every single move is going to be scrutinized by Ryan Poles um, accordingly and properly. Yeah. And I think it's going to be healthy to actually scrutinize each of these moves moving forward because of the decisions that he made last year. Yeah. And now how important, as you just mentioned, this offseason is this year. 
It's huge, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great offseason. Like we said, there's so many different scenarios, and, and it really comes down to what can happen in free agency. And obviously, before the draft, uh, there, there's some trades that can happen to get a, a number one receiver. So there's a million different things that can happen. And it's always great when you have the number one pick because you have options, right? And then, and then you can, especially when you don't need a quarterback, and a lot of teams need a quarterback, everything is in your favor right there. So there's so many different scenarios, and we're, we're going to be talking about the – the, the many scenarios and we get closer to free agency breaking down some things but it's, it's going to be a fun offseason i think this is the most excited i've been for a bears offseason uh in, in a real long time yeah no i mean <laughs> me too i'm already having these like fantasies of what our week one roster kind of yeah. looks like and i think it's going to be you know no matter what we do on the defensive line i think it's going to look night and day next year so i think that's going to be refreshing yeah. And harken back to maybe some teams uh, of the past uh, for the Chicago Bears. Uh, let's get out of here, Corey. Today's uh, episode of Believe in Bears was presented by BetOnline.ag. Uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use BetOnline.ag. Uh, plenty to go for right now. Baseball spring training, anyone? Yeah. Get in on it. Right? <laughs> Golf tournament action coming back right around the corner. Go. I mean, God, it's going to be the Masters before you even know it, Corey. Yep. And also, of course, we have the NHL and the NBA gearing up for a playoff run in just about a month or so. So go to betonline.ag. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube, SiriusXM, TuneIn Radio, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, thanks for coming back. We took a little time off, but we're going to be back covering all the wonderful headlines for the offseason. Hopefully get you some great guests to provide you some awesome perspectives. But what better perspective than Fox 32's very own CHGO's, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Good to see you, man. Good to see you too, my man. Another great pod. Another great pod. Everyone bear down. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. We will be back soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.